This is the Chicago Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Out Front on the Chicago Podcast Network. Today, ladies and gentlemen, AJ and I are going to break down the March 15th Illinois primary, uh, get you ready for it as much as we can. It's a big election here in the state. There are candidates not just for president, but also for Senate. You'll also be noticing a lot of judges in your local area. Now, we're not going to get into all of them, but we will hit maybe a couple of them. Uh, but today's show is mainly about getting ready for the Illinois primary. We're going to have some fun with it. Uh, we're obviously going to end up having to talk about uh, Mr. Donald Trump, or Trump, as we are required to call him as the loyal John Oliver fans that we are here at the Chicago Podcast Network. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network, Twitter, Chicago Podcast One, and you can email us, Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. And here we go. Hey everybody, thank you for downloading this episode of Out Front with AJ and Nick. I am Nick Serranos, joined over the interwebs and Skype by my good buddy AJ Signeri. AJ, say hello to the people like you do. Hello, people. There it is. And uh, today we're going to be talking Illinois primary coming up on Tuesday. This is now March 11th as we record this. Tuesday is March 15th, 2016, and we will be getting uh, a lot of votes coming in for the Illinois primary, uh, presidential, Senate, a couple other congressional races that will apply to you locally. And this is a big deal. This is Illinois is one of those states that really matters. It's politically always going to vote Democrat in the presidential election, but whoever wins on the Republican side, this is a big deal for them because it means that they can be a mainstream candidate. Uh, and the polling information has been running all week. We've got some information coming in on that. And we're going to you know, talk about that and try to have as much fun with it as we possibly can. And, of course, we will deal with the albatross of the Republican Party that is Donald Trump. And, uh, yeah. So we did a show, AJ, not too long ago about Trump, and it was about, it was last week after John Oliver did his wonderful piece, and we kind of followed up on that. But here we are, looking forward to it. And I'm just curious, we're four days out, AJ. How are you feeling about the state of Illinois and its political process right now? I am very nervous when it comes to um, those who are going to be voting in the primary. I just have this very gut-wrenching feeling that it's not going to pan out the way I'm hoping it's going to be panning out. What do you want, AJ? What are you hoping for? What is your dream? That Trump is not the candidate. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel about the Democratic side? Same thing. I mean, so here's the thing. Illinois is a very interesting state. I mean, and everyone can say the same thing about their own favorite state that they live in and everything. But Illinois, I think, is a little bit more diverse than that because it's you really have three, if not four or five different Illinois. You know, you have Chicago, you have the Collard Counties, which is the counties that surround the collar, if you will, of Chicago. Lake, DuPage. DuPage, Lake, Kendall, all that great jazz. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of politicians will refer to Illinois as downstate, so from Galena, which is right by the Wisconsin border, to Cairo, which is right down by the Kentucky border, is considered downstate. But, you know, each of those counties outside of Chicago and suburban suburban Illinois um, is very vastly different. You know, where I live, it's vastly different than people in Springfield and Springfield people are different from people in Charleston, you know, um, there's very conservative counties and there's also very, um, liberal counties, you know, and how you define liberal. Well, not to mention you have all the the small college towns. The Republicans are going to be panning out and how the Democrats are going to be panning out. Do you, all right, so down by you, uh, which is considered downstate. I love that downstate goes as far north as Galena, but I, I love I love that. But down by you, um, what is the, when you talk, because this is an interesting primary season. I, I, as much as I hate the man and his policy, I don't even know what his policies are, as much as I don't like the man as a candidate, one, and I hate to use this word next to his name, positive of Trump running is that he has engaged well what's the line in the west wing where we he's in some bizarre way raised the level of political discourse in this country not in in a way of like he is making people uh smarter or inspiring them to do things but the 
act of standing up against him has caused people to have conversations with people about politics that may, they may never have had. And I'm willing to bet that down by you. Uh, it's more on the Republican side. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, where I live, I mean, this is where Ronald Reagan was born, raised, and educated, you know? Um, so, I mean, you have various Democrats in the area, but for the most of the area, um, it's very conservative, you know? But it's, it's more a moderate conservat conservatism, um, actually more moderate Republican, rather, of in this area and everything. Physically conservative, um, socially liberal. Like other counties where it's like very libertarian. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can actually have discourse here, but it's still, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just very moderate. You know, there's, it doesn't go one way or the other on the political spectrum. Well, I was looking at some poll numbers for the state of Illinois, and if you look at the whole, st as the state as a whole, it's Trump is 32%, Cruz 21%, Kasich 18%, Rubio 11%. But those numbers shift dramatically once you kind of start to exclude Cook County and the Chicagoland area. If you go out of Cook County, it goes to 37% Trump, 21% Kasich, 23% Rubio, 13% Cruz. And then if you go to what they consider downstate, which is what you were talking about, it's 29% Trump, 27% Cruz. That is an interesting, that, that, that totally speaks to what you were just talking about, about how there's like four or five, three or four different Illinois. Uh, Illinoises? Illinois? Illini? Illini? I'm going to go with Illini. There are three or four different Illini. Uh, that, there we go. Let's go with Illini. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Well, the tournament's coming up. you got to get ready. Speaking of which, Selection Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, get your office pools ready. Uh, the interesting thing to me about the Republican side of the ticket in the state of Illinois is that we, we go through this every four years. There's going to be a, a, a Republican candidate who's going to come out of Illinois and then never get anything close to an electoral vote from this state. That just I mean, Illinois is never going to vote Republican. It's, it's just not going to happen. But... Again, it's an important showing for a candidate. And if Trump comes out of Illinois after having won Michigan, and he comes out of Illinois winning this one as well, and the polling number also points to him winning Florida, at that point he's the nominee. And I think after three more states, he's got the majority, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, if he, you know, wins this coming week, you know, he essentially has his cinched up. It's... It's getting to the point, though, as you look forward, that the real race in Illinois that matters is the Democratic primary. And with all of the insanity that is the Republican primary race, it's interesting to look at the Democratic side here in Illinois, because I think Illinois is, is a very big state uh, in this primary. Because polling right now has uh, Hillary Clinton up 62% to Sanders is 25 However... I can only speak to what I see in social media, what I can only see when I, or hear when I talk to people that I know. Majority of people my age and younger are big Bernie Sanders supporters, and they don't answer calls to poll information. So polls are skewed toward the older voting demographic and to party establishment. So the fact that Trump's winning in the Republican is somewhat shocking here, but the huge disconnect between Sanders and Clinton doesn't really apply here because the people who answer those polling phone it's the family feud rule AJ if you watch the family feud they say out of 100 people surveyed well that's 100 people who agreed to be surveyed in a mall right so when you're talking about polling data for the primary you're 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 looking at 100 right. you know, people who agreed to be polled, and that's a different number than the actual voting. I think that the race in Illinois is a lot closer than the Clinton camp would imagine. So, so here's the thing. So I was just at an um, organizational meeting to get to have Sanders win Illinois, right? And it was very, very astounding what their method in to get the vote out for Bernie um, they have no plan. <laughs> there was no plan whatsoever. It was a meeting. Someone from one of the Sanders' office came came to the town. They handed a packet on this virtual um, phone banking platform, and essentially just call. 
now when you when you used to phone bank for like state or federal candidates you would have to get like the past primary voter rolls out there which is free at any county clerk's office and you call each one who voted democrat in that last primary they're not even doing that they simply said oh just schedule how long you can be on there and there's numbers and just call people randomly so you can be sitting in Dixon, Illinois, making phone calls to someone in Bloomington, someone in Chicago, someone in Rockford, someone in Anna, Illinois, and that's it. You know, that that's what their get-out-the-vote measure is. Do you think that that's because they figured that Illinois was a foregone conclusion for a while and that now that he's won in Michigan... Um, there's more of a, 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 for lack of a better, a momentum or a surge that they feel comfortable that Bernie might have a shot now? No, I think it really speaks to the kind of campaign plan that they have. You know, it is really a bare-bones campaign. I mean, this is the very thing that Sanders speaks to, and this is why there's a part of him, why I like about him, because he is very on-the-ground, grassroots type of person. But when you're running in a campaign like for president, you kind of have need some sort of um, more of a complex campaign than what I just saw, you know, um, because Illinois makes a huge difference. And there's people in Illinois that would vote for Sanders, you know, and the only reason why Clinton would win is because of Chicago and suburban Illinois as well she would get that vote no matter what but if you can double that if every out of if i'm doing the math right if you get 88 counties in the majority state of illinois to vote for sanders then he could win do you do you foresee even with the polling number as it is what do you think happens in the democrats do you think that hillary wins illinois I think she'll win Illinois, but not by the margin that the Tribune says. Because the last thing I saw, 67 and Sanders at 25. So I don't think it's going to be that big of a gap. I think it's going to be much closer than that. Um, because look at Michigan. I mean, she was supposed to win Michigan. By a significant you know, margin. It was kind of like a larger gap as well. And I think if we look at Michigan, we might see the same thing with Sanders. What do you think in, in Michigan, AJ, was the deciding factor? Do you think the Flint water crisis is what really came back to bite Hillary there? I think the people in Flint were, I think there was always a, there was division in Flint to begin with. Because I really feel there was people in Flint that was siding with Sanders, but you had people like the mayor, aldermen, and a few other of the um, community organizations that works with the city of Flint that sided with Clinton. Um, and I think it's because of that division that it kind of masked this idea of, you know, we're, gonna, we're supporting Clinton because she has infrastructure, she can work with people on the ground, et cetera, et cetera. But the people of Flint were like, no, we need people. We need someone to speak for us, and Sanders is that. So between that... Um, people in Detroit siding with Sanders, and then you had the rest of the state of Michigan, including the peninsula, of siding with Sanders and everything. And I think if you look at that with Illinois, you're going to see the same thing, but in the reverse. And that, like I said, Chicago and suburban Illinois is going to be siding with Clinton because she comes from suburban Illinois. And I feel like the rest of the state is going to side with Sanders. If if I was Bernie Sanders and I wanted to have, so this is the, one of those things about living in the state of Illinois your whole life. If you could just paint, if, if he had painted Hillary Clinton as a fake, per, like somebody who's claiming to be from Park Ridge and then just did the, like one of the most embarrassing moments to me of the Obama presidency is when he called Ron Santo, Ron Santos. Right. And, 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 and as stupid a little thing as that is, and then he didn't he call U.S. Cellular um, Comiskey Field at one point? Yeah. And you're like, look, man, 
it's cool if you don't know about the stuff, but the worst thing you can do in Illinois is act like you know about sports. Like, because people see that as just completely transparent. And if Bernie Sanders had just been like, who is the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears, and Hillary Clinton didn't know, that would he, she would lose Illinois. I believe stuff like that. Well, I think between both of them, they're not really sports people. No, absolutely not. But when one is presenting themselves as you should vote for me because I'm from your state, but realistically, she's from New York. She's a New York senator who's tried to convince people that she's from Arkansas, but really she's just Democratic establishment through and through, which I don't have a problem with most of the time. It's just that right now I have the option to vote for somebody who, and here's a free plug for you, AJ, is more of a firebrand. Ching. Oh, wow. There you go. You like that? Mm-hmm. Um, you can have... You can almost, in my instance, you can have your cake and eat it too. I can vote Democrat and for somebody that I believe in, and want actually legitimately want to be president and with hillary clinton i i I can only speak to me i just don't know if i want hillary if i want hillary or bernie to be president don't get me wrong but if i have a choice between the two i take bernie i think bernie is a more interesting guy I, i i think that there's First of all, anybody who thinks that you're voting for Bernie, Sa- Bernie Sanders because you want America to turn into a socialist country is, is crazy. I don't necessarily want America to go totally socialist. I do want more socialist ideas. But to me, and this is the part that you'll speak to, AJ, what people think of as socialism already exists in the United States, right? Yeah, I mean, there's like aspects of it, not like full-on and, and they're never principles, but yeah, and there never will be. I mean, there will never be full-on socialist principles in the United States of America. But the idea of healthcare being free for everybody and doctor and the medicine medical profession not being such a price gouging industry and not having banks being complete control of the money and also separating investment and commercial banking, which if you know anything about economic history of the United States of America has was the foundation of the economic explosion of the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, early 70s until they started deregulating all the industries, at which point the economy started. This is the thing, AJ, that ticks me off about watching any of the debates, Republican and Democrat, is that these people say stuff that's just fundamentally not true. You can look, if you take 37 seconds and research stuff on your own you can learn that most of what they say bernie hillary included obviously on the right definitely include i had fun by the way last night it's march 11th i turned on the debate for 20 minutes yesterday aj the republican debate and there were just so many historically inaccurate statements that it it almost made me throw up like It's just they, they say stuff that's just not true and the worst thing about it is there's no repercussions for the lie nobody comes out and challenges and when they do challenge them they just turn around and go no you're lying no you're lying and the next thing you know it's a it's it's a bickering thing and even worse is watching the democratic debates where they've been having the same debate now for four months hillary will say something bernie will accuse her of being owned by the big banks she denies it he goes back at her again for it she comes up with some reason about why it doesn't matter that she's owned by the big banks and then we move on to the next question and the same thing repeats itself Right, and you know, and here's the thing for me with um, Sanders and Clinton in Illinois. Hillary is going to bank on, and for those who are listening to this who live in Illinois, you'll understand some of the people I'm going to be talking about. Hillary's going to bank on Rom. Hillary's going to bank on Speaker Mike Madigan, who's the Speaker of the House in Illinois. Hillary is going to be banking on John Culleton, who's the Senate President in the General Assembly. These are the people that she's going to be banking on. She's going to be also be banking on people who are not politicians anymore, like Emil Jones, the former Senate president, who is African-American as well. Um, she's going to be going to those kinds of established Democrats that are in Illinois. Sanders, who knows various um, representatives, congressional representatives, um, Danny Davis, Bobby Rush, all of them, um, even though, like, I know Bobby Rush is supporting Hillary right now. I don't know about Danny Davis. But if I was the field director for Illinois for Sanders' campaign, if if Bernie was in the state for a week and taken to places like south and west side of Chicago, Rockford, Illinois, um, Rock Island and Moline, Illinois, 
East St. Louis, Carbondale, Illinois, as well as Peoria and Bloomington and Normal, Illinois, and speak to the unemployment rate in those cities that they have, what um, corporations in those state in those cities that have put a stranglehold on municipalities like Caterpillar and Peoria every time, every year, it's like, we're going to leave unless you don't give us a tax break. Um, and Peorians are always shaken in their boots and they bow to Caterpillar and everything, you know, and then we have the issues of the Mississippi River that no one really talks about when it comes to the Quad Cities or East St. Louis and everything. Talk to me about I mean, that. I'm, I'm curious. I have heard a few rumblings about this, but it hasn't really been exploding in the media. Is, is the river, is, is that river um, really starting to turn uh, environmentally? Is that starting to become a bigger and bigger it, issue? It's, it's, it's always been a crap hole for the last 20 years that I been around, you know? Is, and, it, is it due to know, dumping of chemicals and stuff? It's chemicals. It's all the waters that come from the east that flow westwardly, you know? I remember Tim O'Brien, who was the um, Metro Water Reclamation District for the city, for Cook County, where, you know, and there's the Illinois, um, the Illinois-Michigan Canal and everything. And the commission has the power to deviate where the direction of the current goes into the lake or into the canal and everything. And every time commissioner Brian has always said, you know, we will always send sludge down the canal, which that goes into the Illinois river. The Illinois river goes into the Mississippi river, which goes down to New Orleans and the Delta. The Mississippi River is the longest river in the United States, and are you telling me that it's – is it as polluted as it looks it's, when you drive over it's it? It's brown. It is brown. Right, and it's not supposed to be. No, it's supposed to be clear. I mean, I can put my hand in there. It's I not, can put, like, from my hand to my elbow, and I can't see my fingers. Right, and that's not a – like, okay, the Des Plaines River, for example, is a mud river. Like, the bottom of it is just mud. Right. So that's why it's brown. But Mississippi River is deep enough that that – should be crystal clear at least on top, right? Oh yeah, I mean it's I mean it's opaque as opaque can be. I mean, granted, yeah, there is mud and everything, but there's rock in that river and everything, you know. And there's a lot of things that people have dumped stuff in. And if you go to like Fulton, Illinois, because that is the whitest part of the Mississippi, it's nothing but brown on a clear day in the summer. I can go over the bridge, go into Iowa, and all you see is nothing but brown. It's funny to me that you say that because as much as we all pretty much figured that Hillary's going to win Illinois, the, the, the one candidate on both sides who's pushing for extreme regulation changes uh, for the environment is Bernie Sanders. And this, this is what I want to get into with you for a little bit. There's, there's this thing that happens in elections where candidates convince the people who should not vote for them based on either their lives, their jobs, or whatever, and they get mm-hmm. duped into voting for the candidate that would actually end up hurting them the most. The best example right now is obviously Donald Trump. Anyone who votes for Donald Trump who is making less than $100,000 a year is is asking to be taxed out of their house, have you know regulations completely destroyed on mortgages on epa regulations on all of that stuff because what's his number one thing is that he's going to be good for business i'm going to be so good for business you'll never no one will be better for business than me and the problem with that is when you're constantly being good for business and you deregulate stuff that's how you get stuff like the uh, it was a Deepwater Horizon off the Gulf of Mexico, which was allowed to go into production and had several regulations struck down in that area, which allowed for the unsafe building of that thing that, drill, that drilled way too deep and did not have the proper safety mechanisms to prevent the tragedy that happened to the Gulf Coast. And that's just a, that's one example. That doesn't include fracking, which is going to explode under a President Trump because he'll allow that stuff to happen. That doesn't include the, the uh, pipeline that's going to get 
was it the Keystone Pipeline? If you have a Republican House, Republican Senate, and a President Trump, that's going to get passed, which a lot of people think is going to have major environmental catastrophe written all over it, especially, AJ, with the EPA not getting enough funding to properly inspect it. You're, you're, you're talking about situations where your home will be destroyed by this, and they convince you somehow on both sides of the aisle to vote for the people who aren't going to help you at all. And I'm sorry... The, the best example to me is how Hillary Clinton is killing it on the African-American and Latino voting, right? She's, mm-hmm. she's leading that like crazy. But of the two Democratic candidates who traditionally pull the most Latino and African-American voters, Hillary has a lot of campaign funding, funding coming in from the uh, people who run private prisons. Right. And those are the ones that are lobbying in Congress to keep laws in effect that keep black people and, 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 and Latinos locked up, and that gets into what, um, was it Cornell, I can, uh, is it Cornell Wallace is his name, refers yes. to as the rebirth of Jim Crow as the mass incarceration of African Americans, and he's not wrong. It's something like 47% of African American men under the age of 35 will at some point spend time in prison. Mm-hmm. Right. That's insane. And then you tell me, like, it, 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 and then you have a candidate running who is backed by those people who is keeping those laws into effect, laws that were signed into action by a Clinton administration that was forced to the middle by a Republican Party that was constantly coming at them for two or three scandals that happened during the Clinton administration that, you know, 15 years later, we all tend to kind of ignore that happened. And I'm not even talking about the Monica stuff. You know, you can go, what was it, Whitewater, um, you know, the, the other, the couple other rumors of sexual scandal. And at that point, Clinton had to drive even further to the middle than he already had in the election in 92. And before you knew it, he's repealing Glass-Steagall. He's deregulating or he's defunding the EPA due to recommendations from a Republican Congress run at that point by Newt Gingrich, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, you look at that, not to mention what was the, the, the crime bill that they signed in, what was it, 96? I think it was. Yeah. And that was going into the election year, which basically... Yeah, it was 96. Yeah, and that didn't that... It, it strengthened mandatory minimums and is, is honestly still on the books and is still, in effect, incarcerating so many African Americans. And yet, here we are, and she's sweeping, you know, the states with large African American populations. It's why she's most likely going to win Cook County. And that's crazy to me because... Bernie Sanders is the one who goes, why is a private company running a government organization, especially one where it behooves them to punish citizens? Well, that's what, that's what kills me is, you know, on the Democratic side, there is no candidate of color, you know? Right. And there wasn't even early on in the race. No. And so when you have a white woman and an older white male, um... It's just interesting to see, you know, people of color choosing who they want to side with. And, it's, and that's kind of the vice of themselves. Um, former state representative Anita Turner is backing Clinton, or excuse me, backing Sanders in Ohio. Because she feels that Sanders is the person you need to get behind, you know? Well, for God's sakes, he marched with Martin Luther King. Right, you know? And there's that like, great photo of him getting, was it, chained up by the cops? Mm-hmm. I mean, Chicago. unbelievable artwork. Like, like that photo in and of itself should motivate people to vote for that guy, especially if you're African-American, in my opinion. Then again, I'm a white boy from Glenview, so I really can't speak to the African-American experience on the south side of the city of Chicago. But right. just on paper, it, it doesn't make sense. And then if you look at the Republican side, the majority of people who are voting for Donald Trump are... As he says, I love the, I love the, uh, was it, not the uneducated, the... Yeah, it's uneducated. Did he say uneducated? Yeah. Yeah, I love the uneducated. And it'd be like, you should. Those are the people who are voting for you because, and to be perfectly frank, they don't do enough research to know that you're completely full of shit. And well, you and I have had this conversation, I think, during the Trump show about how as much as Kasich is a... I guess for... I'm going to love using this because he's a Republican. is a closet case religious fanatic... Mm-hmm. he presents himself as a moderate. And especially in today's world, like that's the kind of thing, not to mention we, we haven't even really touched, uh, even during the Trump show, we ha- that was before the Romney speech. 
And you're just you're looking at this whole thing, man, and it's like the electorate is being lied to on every single side. And in the middle of all of this crap and all of this juvenile shit that's going on in these primaries, you've got this very nice old man who's just trying to make sure that he goes, if you work 40 hours a week, you shouldn't have to be on welfare. And how anyone can fight against that blows my mind. Also, it kills me, you know? And it's like I told someone the other day um, who actually works for the Sanders campaign. I said, you know, if he, Sanders, is in Rockford, which has 20% unemployment rate right now, if he's there on the west side of Rockford, and speaks in front of the old Amrock um, factory there and talk about how, because of NAFTA and CAFTA, is the reason why all the major manufacturing jobs left Rockford, causing 20% unemployment rate, causing housing market to go down and everything. And because of that, if he can do that, I mean, you can win Winnebago County, which is one of the bigger counties in the state of Illinois, and it gets a lot of traction when it comes to Illinois politics and everything. Um, that's what I'm talking about. But then you have people like Clinton, where you just mentioned about private prisons and everything, and you have unions like Ask Me, who will support Clinton because those are state workers, and state workers need jobs, and those jobs are in state prisons. <sighs> you know, so it's like, you know, how, and this is where I kind of become on the fence when it comes to unions like that. It's like, how can you say you're a union, but yet you're going to back someone like Clinton? Right. I know, and I'm with you on that. And that's, that's the downside of, of the union power with voting. But at the same time, you know, as you and I have talked about, uh, not on the, just the podcast, but on our old radio shows together, unions are, I saw, honestly, I saw a great bumper sticker yesterday, uh, two days ago, I was driving through and it was, why would you vote against unions? Unions are why you have weekends. And I was like, that right there should be on every union's letterhead. Because that's 100% true. Without unions in the United States, the weekend is an American invention. You know, it's, 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 it's something that unions fought for here, and they got. And so Saturday and Sunday, it's sacred. Like, if you work on a Saturday, that's a big deal in the United States. And it, the reason that those things exist is because unions fought so hard to get those weekends off. Well, yeah, and, you know, and I've told people, don't get me wrong when I say there's a lot of great things unions have done and everything, but I am not going to stand idly by and provide criticism for unions that go and vote for Clinton, um, Mike Madigan, John Cullerton, you know, the very... Same Democrats who have done nothing but harm people in Illinois. Yeah. You know, so if you expect me to stand alongside you and vote for this person, you're mistaken. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'll stand along with you on your strike on what you are fighting for. I'm not going to vote for the person you want me to vote for. We've got about... Uh... 15, 20 minutes left in the show, and I want to just, before we get on to, I want to talk a little bit about the Senate races and then some other local stuff that's going on. Um, in, this, in this presidential primary here in the state of Illinois, it's looking like it's going to be either Trump or Cruz, most likely Trump, who wins the state of Illinois. Are you embarrassed as a member of the, as a resident of this state that he's going to win our primary on the Republican side? Yeah. Um but I'm 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 really going to be paying attention closely to the counties. Um, the one thing I'm a very nerd at is how counties poll and everything. And every election night, I try to go to various websites that has that real time information. Oh, I love it! Have you been to Five Thirty Eight when I'm, they're doing it? Huh? Five Thirty Eight has this amazing real-time map that if you zoom in on the state, it'll show you, like, every five... but there's, like, Politico will do stuff. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. Like, But you're talking about the real-time maps where you can highlight a county and know exactly how many votes somebody is ahead in that county at that moment? Yeah, I mean, those maps on um, Politico, you know, 5, 
and try to see, you know, what those percentage numbers are. Because I have my own predictions of what different counties are going to be voting for for different people, but I'm just going to be curious on election night on what sway they're going to sway. The final little bit here on the presidential stuff. As we look forward, coming out of Illinois, assuming a Trump-Clinton victory, at that point, you figure Trump's the presumptive nominee after this next Super Tuesday, right? Like, there's, I mean, he already was after the first Super Tuesday. But as, if he gets a clean sweep or close to it this upcoming Tuesday, um, basically at that point, it's all pointed at California as the big battleground for both sides. But if Hillary wins Illinois and wins a few other states next week, she, Sanders is basically done. However, I'm, you, you said that it's going to go Hillary. I'm actually not confident, but I really believe there's going to be a big surprise here. I think Bernie Sanders is going to win Illinois. No, I think Sanders is going to win as well, but I just think that if um, Cook County and the suburban Illinois counties, excuse me. Trend Hillary? Yeah. Then it's Hillary? Because, I mean, that's, that's what I said earlier. I mean, majority of those votes will sway to Hillary, which is why Sanders should have a better get out the vote plan so that you have 88 counties in favor of Sanders. So that way it will double his numbers to overcome the percentage numbers in the Colorado counties and Cook County. Uh, I want to point this out before we get to the Senate stuff for a few minutes. This is what I'm. This is what a lot of people are calling the Trump effect. Either people coming out to vote for or against him. Uh, this year, there have been 59,000 early votes cast across the state of Illinois. Of that early voting, that's up 8,000 votes from 2012 early voting, from 51,000 in 2008. Uh, of those early votes, 71% of them are Democratic. 29% of Republican, not shocking in the state of Illinois. And uh, there were 9,000 mail-in early ballots in 2012. That is now up to 12,000, again, reporting at roughly the same amount, 70 to 30%. Democrat, as the political operative that you've been, as much as you hate the guy, and and I know that you do, because I do. I, I just, I, by the way, I, did, I made the regrettable decision this week uh, to start reading The Art of the Deal. Because, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I figured if you're going to talk about a guy, you should know what he says. It is a very interesting book, and I do. Uh, there, there's an interesting story there about a, a woman named um, uh, Annabelle. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about, the story where mm -hmm. he bought a woman's uh, house and, and tried to save it. And apparently it's a real story. There's no evidence to say that it's not made up, but the rest of the book is just an egot, an egomaniac talking about how great it is to rip people off in a deal. Like he's not the kind of guy who looks for an equitable deal. He's the kind of guy who tries to always win a deal. Mm -hmm. And when people talk like that, man, I feel like if you vote for Donald Trump, you're voting for Michael Douglas in Wall Street. And in case yeah. and in case people forgot, he was the villain. Yeah. It just it, it boggles the mind. But here's, but here's the thing really quickly, and I'm, and I'm sorry if I interrupted you. No, 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 you. go ahead. Here's the thing, and I said this yesterday to somebody. Um, so I look at Donald Trump the same way I look at Gene Simmons from KISS, and here's why. Gene Simmons and Donald Trump are exactly the same person. Both of them look at success in a very different way. Gene Simmons' idea of success was, was the Beatles. The Beatles had a certain haircut, they had a certain dress, they had a certain sound that women liked. And that's why Gene, that's why Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley created KISS, learned how to play music, had a different haircut, and then created what we know now as KISS. And then from that moment forward, they just marketed this entity called KISS. And to this day, Gene Simmons, who has his own marketing firm, that's all he does. And like Trump... That's all he's doing is just marketing, you know. The, here's what I told someone about Trump. Here's why he has everything that's going for him. He has no campaign offices. Why? Because he has his own buildings. He knows people that can utilize other facilities. He has a social media presence and everything. This is why he's so successful as in a campaign like this, you know, because he has no overhead. At all. 
You know? So what's my point? My point is this. You look at Gene Simmons and you look at Donald Trump and they have success in their own perspective and that's the only perspective that they have and everything. And if you read the book, The Art of a Deal, like you have, I'm sure you saw right away that his viewpoint of being a successful business person means that you do have to work with government to a certain point, as well as you're trying to undercut people by providing them either different benefits or making them look good, and somehow that generates a revenue for yourself. No, that's exactly how it comes across as you read as you read it. Not to mention, like you said, he works with government, but he feels like the the perception you get from the book is that his main job as a uh, as a builder is to get around government regulation as much as possible. But you can't do that with eminent domain, though, because you have to work with government. <laughs> no, I know that, but you know what I'm like when it comes to right. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I'm saying like one of those things like he uses eminent domain all the time. Right. You and, know, uh, and I posted something on my own Facebook page of how he was supposed to build a golf course in scotland but this one farmer oh it's the greatest it's the greatest oh that's so in fact we'll be sharing that later today folks uh, again on our chicago podcast network facebook page because they brought it up and uh, it's actually it's been covered by a couple different organizations but uh, hbo's real sports yes did 20 minutes on it and it is it is like that man is. First of all, he won the, the he won Scotsman of the Year award from uh, Glenfiddich uh, Scotch Company, who basically showed up and was just like the fact that this dude stood up to Trump for as long as he did, and wrote on the side of his his house "Screw Trump" uh, in the middle of Trump's golf course was just fantastic. And like, if you want to know about what kind of guy Donald Trump is, just watch how he deals with this farmer whose whose family owned that land for like a hundred and something years, and he just tried to force the guy out. Mm-hmm. I loved it. That's one of my favorite things ever. Before we get out of here, AJ, I do want to touch on a couple other things that are going on in the state. First of all, uh, there are, I, I believe, all is it all congressional districts in Illinois are up this year. All congressional districts are up this year and one U.S. Senate race. And one U.S. Senate race. The Senate race right now, uh, Tammy Duckworth is trying to go from House of Representatives up to the Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, we have no incumbent running in that spot, right? Kirk. Mark Kirk. Oh, oh, Mark Kirk is running? Yeah. That's weird. When I was looking up, he wasn't listed there. So Mark Kirk, and he's a... Republican. Yeah, so it's Mark Cook, and then he's running against James Marster, who is... Not going to win it because it'll go to Kirk because it's hard to knock out a Senate incumbent. So he's out. And then on the Democratic side, it's Tammy Duckworth, Napoleon Harris, and Andrea Zopp. Do you know anything about those three? Obviously, Tammy Duckworth we know. But do you know anything about Napoleon Harris or Andrea Zopp? Well, Napoleon Harris, if I remember right, he was a football player. Yes. For the Bears? No. Uh, University of Illinois. Well, I know he played U of I. I thought he played pro ball. He did, well. but he didn't play for the Bears. Okay. Um, Otherwise, he would already have won. You would think. Yes. Yes. Um, so, I haven't had too much interaction with Harris, but the things I've seen, you know, he's a moderate Democrat. I mean, he sides with um, establishment Democrats and everything, and everyone gets along with him and what have you, but he's not the kind of um, vivacious person I would want as my senator from Illinois. Um, the other one I'm not too familiar with as much, um, I've heard the name, by. Just can't really place what. Yeah, here I'll, I'll give you just a brief little thing here. This is just so again. This is the Illinois primary primer. Is what I'm going to be calling the episode. Uh, this is from her website. She so this is keep in mind very biased, but she spent her life fighting for an agency for change. She was the CEO and president of the Chicago Urban League. Uh, she's fought to increase opportunity for small businesses and entrepreneurs after the Great Recession. She's the first woman African-American to serve as the first assistant state secretary, a state's attorney in Cook County as a prosecutor in the U.S. Attorney's Office, and she's been fighting against illegal guns being brought into the state and uh, has, like a D, has a D rating from the NRA. So if guns are important to you, consider voting for Andrea Zopp. I'm always a big supporter, AJ, of voting for of voting for outsider candidates if you can. But if you're going to do it, make sure that you know what you're voting for. Otherwise, you get the Tea Party. Right. All right. Uh, Yeah. I was just going to say there are a couple independents running as well. If people are interested in looking at for the Constitutional Party, Chad Cope or uh, Koppel. 
Chris Aguayo for the Veterans uh, Party, and Jim Brown is running as an independent. Uh, there's also a bunch of local races. Chad's an interesting guy. Um, I ran into him a few times. He's ran for various offices and what have you. Um, you know, he's interesting to talk with. You know, he's very much a believer of the Constitution, very much a right-winger, um, very much a pro-lifer. Um, but um, it's going to be interesting if he actually makes any waves. Well, you're just always a supporter for independent voting, no matter what, right? Just because it's an independent Except Chad, except Chad, because, um, like I said, everything I said about him are the very reasons why I would never vote for Chad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, just if, people, if you're listening to this and you walk into the polling place and there are candidates that you don't know, that's okay. But here's what I would recommend, and AJ, tell me if you think I'm wrong. If you find yourself looking at a race and you don't know any of the candidates involved, AJ, what do you th recommend people do? In that situation, I tell people to not vote. Because if you don't know, then don't vote a a about a specific candidate. Obviously, you're going to vote for president. You're going to vote for Senate. But if you walk in and there's a representative who you've never heard of for a state legislation, unless they're running, uh, unless they're an incumbent who you think, and they tell you how long they've been there, you know, try to do what you can to vote responsibly. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah. Um, I catch myself from time to time, especially around judges yes. running for office, um, especially if candidates don't campaign, even incumbents don't campaign. You know? Right. Um, you know, as much as I tell people, you know, vote third-party independent candidates, but if you don't know them or even the incumbent that well, don't vote. You don't have to vote, you know? Um, but I mean, I, I do encourage you to learn a little bit about the candidate, you know, especially just on the issues and not go back to what they said in the newspaper or at this town hall or anything of that nature. Or, or um, even, or even better, you can go online now, nowadays, mm -hmm. and there'll, there'll be websites, you type in your zip code and they will let you know who you're voting for. They'll let you know who's on the ballot in your state, what they stand for, what their official position is on a lot of, uh, important stuff. And you can inform yourself or there are voting guides available to you at the polling place right and you know, never be afraid websites, to ask for help right the two websites i refer to people is um project vote smart as well as ballopedia as well ballopedia um, is the one i used for a lot of the numbers we had today so i mean those are two great sites and um yeah and if you are intrigued about a certain race you know just Go to your county clerk's office. I'm sure they have information for you, too. And and this is the kind of stuff where people go, well, I'm not going to do that. No, you should do that. Um, there's a great meme that's been going around that says that in 2016, what is it, 80% of Congress and the Senate is up for re-election mm -hmm. this year. So if you, I love the line. If, you, if you're not happy with the government, then kick the guys out. Well, and that's the thing, you know, and some of us have been saying that for quite some time and everything, but... But it, it's really true that if you don't like them, vote them out, you know, because you have that power. You really do. Um, this, it's actually, I heard a great uh, sentiment once uh, from a campaign manager uh, It was giving an interview. I think it was either Vice News or one of those kinds of websites. might have been PBS NewsHour. Or, or, they were talking about how... Everyone always talks about political establishment, Republican establishment, Democratic establishment, you know, Green Party, all this. But what they say, the one thing that scares the hell out of all of them is Election Day because they can work as hard as they want. They can have poll numbers that say whatever they want. They can, you know, you can fudge stuff, make stuff up, do whatever you want. But at the end of the day, there comes a moment in November where they lose power because mm -hmm. – as much as we always talked about in Florida, the, the, the hanging chat, or what was it in 2004, the Ohio voting machines, right? right? Right. Those instances are few and far between. At the end of the day, you show up, and if everybody votes for Bernie Sanders on Tuesday in Illinois, Bernie Sanders wins Illinois. And all the work the Hillary campaign did doesn't mean anything. All the presumptions going into it doesn't mean anything. Because one man, one vote still applies in the United States. Whether you think it does or not, it, it does matter. Your vote matters. And 
the people who you're going to talk to, and if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're going to be somebody who votes. But if you have friends of yours who tell you that they don't vote because they don't believe in anybody, then that you look at them and say, then it is your job to find someone to vote for who you believe in. Exactly, you know, and and that's why with certain third-party candidates I've worked with, I told them, you know, electoral action is really important because it is one of those ways to, you know, put the people that you want in there. And for me, you know, the message I want to put out there is that, you know, unfortunately, our voting system is a popularity contest. It really is, you know. And if there's like a third party or an independent candidate and you like them, vote for them. You know, um, you're not taking away votes, quite honestly. Um, you're voting for the kind of person you want and everything. It's the same way with Clinton and Sanders. You know, if you like Bernie, vote for Bernie. <laughs> you know, um, Republicans, if you like John Kasich, vote for John Kasich. You hey, know, if you not, like Donald vote, Trump, vote for John Kasich is not a vote for. If, if you like Donald Trump, vote for Donald Trump. Just don't tell any no, of your. I'm discouraging that. Just don't tell your friends because they will shun you. <laughs> vote for Trump, then vote for someone else. <laughs> vote for Trump and then immediately go to a vasectomy clinic, and and stop the ability for yourself to breed. Otherwise, we're heading towards idiocracy. I'm just saying. I, listen, that movie is becoming more and more prophetic every single day. And and, and if you haven't seen that movie, which is supposed to be a comedy. But it's, um, it's a sad time. Watch it. Yeah, Mike Judge was great in that. I thought it was great when it first came out until, you know, year to year, you're like, oh, oh, what, what? Can I vote for Terry Crews to be right? president? I would vote for that character to be president. And, uh, we did. It was called Jesse Ventura. Hey, don't start with me because if Jesse the Body decided to run, I would seriously consider voting for Jesse the Body Ventura. Really? Yes. Not nearly as much as I would vote for. Listen, my my dream scenario uh, for President of the United States in my lifetime is the Constitution has changed and we can finally get President Schwarzenegger. It, so let's just say you have a Democrat and Republican candidate. Okay. okay. And Jesse Ventura actually throws his name in the race for the general election. Mm-hmm. You would seriously vote for Ventura, or does it really depend on who the Democrat and Republican? It would depend on who the Democratic nominee is. I'll put it this way. If he ran this year, and Trump, let's put it this way. If Trump is the Republican nominee, then as a responsible United States citizen, I'm voting Democrat just to be safe because I think Donald Trump will destroy the United States of America. Um, and, and I don't I, – I, I've talked to people who say – you know, you should walk. We, I've had people criticize our podcast to me lately, AJ, who listen and they say that uh, our problem is that we're too far to the left. And I try to explain to the people who say that to me. This is no, we are moral people who believe in goodness, and and basically the way I like to describe it is we believe in the power of good, and the Republican side does not. And Donald Trump, in particular, is an outgrowth of. I'm trying to remember the comedian who said it. I think it was Bill Maher who said, they deserve this. This is what they've... When you kept playing the veiled racism, as long as you did, this is what you get. And if Jesse the Body Ventura was running against, let's say, Kasich, I would vote for Jesse the Body, even though if it was Hillary. But my favorite... if it was Cruz Sanders? Cruz Sanders, I'm going to vote for Sanders. uh, Because I like Bernie Sanders the most out of all of the candidates. But if it's Clinton, Rubio, Jesse... I'd probably vote for Jesse. Um, also, because I, I, I actually like Jesse the Ventura. His economic policies in Minnesota were insane, but I like him as a human being, and I think he would be a very good president in a weird way. Like not in a like he would need exper- more experience in other forms of public office. He's never going to actually win, but I, I just like Jesse the body. But I'm telling you right now. And, and this isn't a joke. I'm not joking. If Arnold Schwarzenegger was running for president, I would seriously consider voting for him. Uh, Why? His economic policies, while very conservative, um, he is not. He is not as owned, or at least when he was governor of California, uh, to my knowledge, was not as controlled by special interest groups as other people were. And he's a California Republican. I. 
I don't like most Republicans from the South. I don't like uh, far Northeast Republicans. But California Republicans are basically moderate Democrats. And he's socially, socially liberal, physically conservative. Plus, and I'm, and I'm not kidding you, there is a part of me that would jump for joy when I got to hear this sentence, AJ. you know what the sentence is? No, what? The state of our union is strong. Come on. No. Yes, the state of our union is strong. No. We have he moved. can't be president anyway. I know. That's why I said the, 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 that's why the first qualifier was we have to amend the Constitution and then let Austrian-born Arnold Schwarzenegger run for president so that when we are attacked. You know, yeah. if Jesse ran and won, okay, yeah, you know, in his first one hundred days, he's going to figure out what ha- what's going on in Area Fifty One. He would declassify the Kennedy stuff and the Area Fifty One stuff the first day he was in office. That would be his first thing. Which I, then, I, w- I would do, I would figure out. I would really really want to know if he could even do that. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Does the president have the power to declassify that kind of stuff, or honestly, would the cigarette smoking man have him killed? Well, that's the thing. You know, I mean. That's like the things I've pondered about, like, you know, if I become president, you know, and I want to do that shit too, just for my own personal gain, not for anything else. Like if what, if I would have access to that information, would you, or that weird moment that you get elected, right? And then all of a sudden, like people in suits come in (laughs) and tell you, okay, we're going to tell you shit, but you cannot say this. And then they'll be like, what? And they'll be like, Will Smith is actually fighting aliens. Those That's movies are documentaries. Like, so we do have a program where there's aliens. This is what we're also doing. This is what happened with Kennedy. This is what happened with et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, there's these things called Rothschild. But you can't say shit or we'll kill you. Yeah. And I'll be like, well, I signed up for the wrong job. Yeah. I should have just stayed state comptroller. Nobody ever declassifies <laughs> state comptroller. I just write checks. Uh, I, I, I want to get out of here, AJ, but I want to steal out Aaron Sorkin line before we go. And it's uh, Tuesday is the Democratic is the is the Illinois primary here, which is basically the Democratic primary. If you're one of those people who is trying to decide whether or not you're going to go vote, I would I would remind you of what was said in the American president. America isn't easy. It's hard. You've got to want it. And there is, in a democracy like we have, it is important for you to educate yourself on what's going on in politics. You cannot sit here and, how would you phrase it? You can't, you cannot not inform yourself. You, you have to inform yourself on what's going on and with the candidates you're going to vote. It's hard. You've got to want it. You've got to work for the democracy that you want. It's not enough to say, I went and I voted. You have to know about what's going on in individual races as well. You have to know what's going on. And if you don't believe me, there's a great piece on John Oliver about local elections. And I know, AJ, you are one of those people who has been ringing that bell since I've known you. That as much as we all talk about president, as much as we talk about Senate and the House of Representatives, the most important elections you face are, believe it or not, your local representatives in either your town or the state. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. That's absolutely. So, again, you've got to want it. You've got to work hard for it. And also, to steal another Aaron Sorkin line, it is truly an amazing thing that every four years we get to have a revolution in this country. And, if I may, for president in the West Wing, Stark County is not a deciding county. I'm sorry? You remember in the West Wing when um, Bartlett ran and they were looking down for counties to win and there was that line that says, um, Governor Bartlett, you know, Stark County is the deciding county. Yeah. It, Stark County is about 50 people. Okay. Well, it works a lot better on television, AJ. It's, it's easy yeah, for people. Someone to... from Illinois and near that, near that area, it's kind of funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other West Wing or Aaron Sorkin quotes we need to get people motivated to get out and vote and uh, possibly take a Listen, and it doesn't take you very long. It takes you 10 minutes. Just go online, read for 10 minutes, and you'll know 
100% more than you did before you started. Right? Right. So, AJ, anything else you want to say to the people? Bye, people. Bye, people. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been Nick Sarandos and AJ Signary with Outfront here on the Chicago Podcast Network. You can find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter, Chicago Podcast One. You can find us and email us on Gmail, Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. I want to thank you all so very, very much for listening. And we hope that you get out and you vote. More importantly, that you get your friends and your family out to vote. Don't be afraid to talk politics at the dinner table. That's a good thing to go do. Also, we don't know if we'll be doing a show. Uh, I may be going downtown this Saturday, or next Saturday, actually, for the St. Patrick's Day uh, festivities. So we might be doing a St. Patrick's Day-themed show, which means I'll be talking like this the entire time we're talking. How would you feel about that, AJ? No. He said no. Not so much. You made me less happy. Bye, everybody. Uh, The term we're looking for at this point is, yes, indeed, uh, we out. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You have been listening to the Chicago Podcast Network.